Welcome to Parenting Today's Teens, a daily podcast that provides stories, insights, and wisdom to help you gain a deeper relationship with your teen. On today's episode, Mark Gregston answers some of your most pressing questions. Let's hear what he has to say. Hey, today I want to answer some questions that were asked of me at a a recent Family in Crisis conference Zoom call that we did. You know, probably a couple of months ago, we said, hey, let's take these things online and see if we can help more people. And so um, we have, in the last two events that we've done, have had almost 600 people participating with us. And the neat thing is... Uh, is that they ask a million questions, and and I literally have 40 pages of questions, and I've told folks that I want to get to them, and so I'm going to combine some of them and and, uh, and answer four questions. Uh, here's, here's the questions we're going to be talking about today. One is from a fellow named Ray who says this, how do I handle my 17-year-old son when he's 100% defiant when told to go to his room or even asked to do some task, and he says... Hey, I'm not doing that. Here's the second question we're going to answer. Is it okay to take a cell phone away as a consequence? I I asked because my daughter asked me to take something else away. No matter what I've given the consequence, she still lies and is disobedient and tells me no. Here's a third question. We're going to talk about that one. I mean, and I know none of y'all have ever heard that before from your kids. Here's a third question. Um, How does a father relate uh, to his sons when all they want to do is play video games. Uh, they seem to believe that they're accomplishing something when they're not amounting to anything that matters in the real world. Great, great question, and I want to get to that. And, and the fourth uh, question is this, how can you let a 16-year-old girl make her own decisions when poor impulse control leads to dangerous situations? attention getting and poor friend choices that might lead to being sexually assaulted. Okay, um guy you guys have asked some wonderful questions. And you know, I, I, hopefully you're listening to the, our other days of podcast and listening to when we teach about different things and then also listening to the kids that we interview because those kids have lived out the questions that that um that you're asking and that maybe you just find some time to make sure that you're devoted to to our God in heaven who promises to get you to the other side of this. And and uh, hopefully this, the daily podcast about offering something all the time will help you. Uh, so it, it can't be just answering a question and you're going to resolve it. It's a number of things that work together that become important. So anyway, here's the, here's the first thing. How do I handle a 17-year-old son when he's 100% defiant, when told to go to his room, or even asked to do some task, and he says, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> okay, this kid is evidently either extremely independent or extremely selfish, and uh, I would venture to say it's probably leaning more to the latter than it is independent because he's acting like a younger kid. You know, uh, to him who much is given, much is required, and there's something about kids when they don't feel that, that anything's required of them, they really develop a sense of entitlement. And that entitlement has been fed by the way that we engage with our kids. I tell kids all the time, hey, I owe you nothing, 
but I want to give you everything, but I don't owe you anything. And it breaks the sense of entitlement. So they're most appreciative whenever I do give them something and want something different. So the first thing is, you know, you're probably dealing with the sense of selfishness, or it may be the way that you've raised your child and you've been doing everything for them. But now it's gotten to the point where you're just going, "Uh uh-uh, I'm not doing this anymore. And that's a wonderful place to be when you begin to realize that, hey, this isn't working and we're not gonna we're not gonna do this. Okay, so the first the first thing I would say, he's 17. You know, now if he turns 18 tomorrow, he can join the military, he can leave home, he can move out, he can get married. You know, so telling a 17-year-old that you have to go to bed, it's almost like we're playing into his childishness. So that's where I would spend a lot of time going, okay, and, and tell him, I want you to be independent. But independence doesn't mean you neglect the responsibilities of where you live, and this is, and you live here. And we're not asking much of you. We're not asking much at all. Just do these things just a little bit. That's it. And I think in, encourage him in a way to make good decisions. And part of that would be with what I call carrots or consequences. And it may be that... That if you're paying for the cell phone, saying if you can't do work around here, then I'm not going to pay for the cell phone, or I'm not going to pay for car insurance, or I'm not going to pay for college. What you're breaking is a sense of entitlement and selfishness that needs to be broken so that your child begins to understand that the world doesn't revolve around him. And those are strong words, but they're strong because if you don't break it, he will be broken when he moves on to the next um, stage of life. And that's either when he goes to college, joins the military, uh, gets a job, or gets married. And we all know this, that selfishness has an amazing way of damaging just about any relationship around us. And so what you're doing is breaking it early rather than postponing the inevitable when the consequences will be greater and it'll affect more people. You know, there's there's a lot of time to figure this out in sitting down and it may be saying to him, we have a problem. We got to do something different. After you spend some time thinking what am I doing to my child that's keeping them from uh, jumping on top of what I'm saying and, and completing it? Am I asking too much? Have I not ever asked anything? You know, if you've never asked anything of your child for the first 16 and a half years of their life, what makes you think they're going to start doing something at age 17? And so it, it may be our problem. And if it is, it's our problem as a parent, then what you say is, I have not done you well. I have done things for you, and I've allowed things, and I'm not doing it anymore. And when you start getting his attention, like I'm not paying for school, I'm not paying for a car or insurance or all those things that that he wants you to pay for, I bet you he'll start doing things. It may be saying, I'm asking you to do this, and if you do that, then I'm happy to give you these things. But if you don't do that, I'm not giving them to you. So it's really your choice. I mean, and most dads think, well, no, no, it's my choice. No, dad, it's not your choice. Um, This is your child's choice. And that's all a part of helping a child become more and more independent and, and responsible is giving them the opportunity to make choices. And so you're letting him make the decision. You're just kind of developing the rules. I hope you hear what I'm saying. Hey, the second question is this that I think is important Is it okay to take away a cell phone as a consequence? Like I just said in the earlier question, absolutely. 
But you have to remember this. Your daughter is connected to the world through her phone. Um, and I would tell you that if, you, if she doesn't connect through her phone, then she's going to connect another way. And that may be by actions. That may be by uh, sneaking around, being deceitful, maybe getting a burner phone, maybe getting somebody else's phone. Your daughter's created to be relationally connected with people. And if the phone's the other way, I would be careful before you take it away. Now, that doesn't mean I wouldn't take it away. It may be that you say, I'll pay for service on a month-to-month basis, and, it, and you don't take the phone away. And then there's times where you just say, well, you lost it for a month. I'll turn it off. Now it's her choice. This is how you can earn it back. Or this is how I'll turn it back on. If we have four weeks of respect and obedience and honesty, then I'll turn it back on. But the minute that any one of those three, where there's a presence of dishonesty, disobedience, or disrespect, I'm going to turn it back off. And hopefully your child's desire to be connected with other people is at such a level that they'll do what they need to do to make sure they remain connected. I hope that gives some answers. Uh, Jen asked this, how does a father relate to his sons when all they want to do is play video games? They seem to believe they're accomplishing something when they're not amounting to anything that matters um, in the real world. And you know what? I believe that some kids really believe that. You know, John Eldridge, in his book, Wild at Heart, said this. He said that, that young men always want a beauty to rescue, an adventure to live, and a battle to fight. And if that's what all young men want, then they're finding that in video games because, because they're not connected with people where they have a beauty to rescue or an adventure to live or a battle to fight. I mean, I made a comment to a kid once about what's such the intrigue about all these video games. And his comment to me back was, Mark, let me tell you something. I can show you some video games that you would love playing. You And you wouldn't be able to put them down. Matter of fact, you would think about them all the time because they're fun. It's an escape. You don't have to deal with problems and you accomplish something. Now, for whatever reason, the child feels like they're accomplishing something through these games, adding up points, um, you know, whatever it is, and selling that to somebody else. They could be doing that. So here's my encouragement, you know. One, start providing experiences to your child or providing experiences for your child that they can experience something different and get excited about it. You know, the only way to get them out of the TV room is to create something that they enjoy outside. And it may be saying, hey, we're going on a fishing trip. We're going up snow skiing. We're going on a mountain biking deal or buying them those things. And and somebody says, well, my kid's not interested in anything. And then it may be at that point you say, then what we're going to do is limit the amount of time that you have. The, we're going to limit the amount of time that you have playing video games. And the only way you get it back is by hanging out with dad. And every time you're with dad, you gain time back to play more video games. And so this means that dad's got to have some interest and has got to have some ability to engage differently. And it may be that they work on something together. You know, it's always nice when you have a son that likes to play golf and likes to fish and likes to hunt because those are things they can do with their dad. 
But it may be that you're desperate enough to say, hey, why don't we go jump out of an airplane and parachute somewhere? Why don't we do one of these things that, you know, that are just so different in a drill and running that you you get your child excited about something else? And so that that's the first place I go. And we all know this as young men that get involved. They're visually stimulated because they're visually stimulated that it's always young men that get attached to video games. It's not young girls. And, and so what it means is I've got to do something different to engage with them. Now, here's, here's a little bit of advice on the side. Um, I can't even tell you all the games that, that the kids play, but there's one that was called Halo. I don't know whether it's still around or not. But I remember whenever I played that, it was a shooting game, and I'd always shoot my feet off. And I realized I needed to be a little bit more proficient in what I was doing. So I spent a lot of time learning how to play that game so that when I got in a room with a group of kids, I could beat them and I can score higher. And so, you know, if you can't beat them, join them. And it may be that this is where, Dad, you get that bigger TV and a bigger console to play video games. And you say, I will do that as long as we're spending time doing something else as well. Hey, I hope that helps. And the fourth question is, I think is important here, is that how can you let a 16-year-old girl make her own decisions when poor impulse control leads to dangerous situations? Okay, okay, okay. You know what? Kids aren't growing up as fast as they used to. Uh, The American Medical Association has increased the age of adolescence to age 26. And so that being said, all kids have poor impulse control, especially if they have ADD or whatever. But kids also long to be connected with somebody else, so they make stupid decisions. So it may be that you sit down and you say, look, 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 this is what I need you to do, you know, and it's almost like, this is what I want to see from you. What can you show me that would get me to trust you more? But I, I can't allow you to be making decisions that are going to put you into uh, compromising situations sexually or in harm's way. I can't do that. And so if, if there's not the internal control to make good decisions, then there needs to be external control. So the, so the goal isn't to restrict her from being sexually active. The goal is helping her develop, you know, that control in her life so that she can make good choices. Now, this is the part that's hard for a lot of people. So you got to let your child make more choices. It's the way they flex their decision-making muscle. It's the way they engage and they learn through consequences that, ah, maybe I need to make better decisions. Now, don't hear me say, let her make all her decisions and go get sexually active and pregnant and she'll learn. That, that's not what I'm saying. If there's life-altering things that she's doing, I mean, truly things that are going to change her life and the pattern of her life for years and years to come, then you've got to intervene and keep her from doing that. But you've got to make sure she understands that there is a goal here so that you can make good decisions. The idea isn't that you want to make all the decisions. It's that you want her to make decisions and learn to make them well. I talk about this in a, in a book called Raising Teens in a Contrary Culture, and it's just a book that, that, um, that says what we're going to be doing is spending more time helping a child develop some of those skills rather than us always having to control them all the time. You may want to pick that up. Anyway, I hope those are some good answers to 
for questions that that you have. Uh, tune in next week, and I'm going to be doing some more of these questions. And, and please don't hesitate to send anything in if you need to, um, asking us questions, because... Um, because, as I said, I have hundreds of them, and I just go through and pick out a few that, that fit each time that we uh, are issuing another podcast. Hey, thanks so much. I hope this helps. Thanks for listening to Parenting Today's Teens. For more information, visit parentingtodaysteens.org. And to learn more about Heartlight, visit heartlightministries.org. If this podcast has been helpful in your life and family, please share it or give us a quick rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Of course, you can listen to Parenting Today's Teens wherever you listen to podcasts. Join us back here on Monday for another great episode. We'll talk to you then.